0: getting ready to go into hibernation mode, meaning the last half of December, I'm intentionally spending my time reflecting on the year, imagining what's to come in 2024 and planning how I want to get there. And this would not be possible without a deep clarity in my brand or an understanding of the specific work I do in the world, who I want to do it with and why it's important. So in this last podcast episode of this year, I am sharing the first episode from my thought leadership clarity course, which is an eight part audio course and accompanying workbook full of questions, practices, and exercises that are meant to help you hone in on your personal vision, your origin story, your unique perspective, your brand message, and translating all of that onto LinkedIn and then growing from there. And really, this work is foundational because when you have deep clarity in your purpose, you'll never run out of stories to share, perfect fit clients to serve, and aligned partnerships to build. So this episode is titled, Why We Are the Ones We've Been Waiting For, which is a nod to the poem by June Jordan. And this is where we need to start before even making the long-term commitment to growing a mission-driven personal brand. And my hope for you with this episode is that you will gain momentum, both from an external marketing perspective and an internal healing perspective, to powerfully share your wisdom and become a go-to guide in your sector. So visit the link in the show notes, and I'll email you your copy of the workbook that accompanies this first episode. You'll also get a coupon code for the Clarity Course, which is valid all of December 2023. And this year end may be the perfect time for you to reflect and create space and gain that clarity on the unique ways you want to show up and get visible in 2024. So enjoy it, my friend. Welcome to the Thought Leadership Clarity Course. This is a slow study, an unrushed deep dive into your foundational thought leadership brand message. Let this be an interactive love letter to your deeper why and the world you're trying to build through your social impact business. I'm your guide, Kanya Bhattacharya, and just that. I'm here to ask the questions that can uncover the answers already inside of you. What stories, insights, and perspectives are you going to share in service of a more just future? Why don't we find out together? When we talk about getting visible as a thought leader, as an approachable authority, as a go-to voice with unique perspectives that changes hearts and minds at scale, well, one of the deepest barriers we experience is our own belief in our ability to show up in this way. Are we enough? Are we too much? What will people think? And that response is not our fault. It is a systematically limited belief or part of ourself that was created as a protective response to the system, situations, and circumstances we have lived through. And day by day, moment by moment, we can experience a different thought, belief, and action to serve as the change agent we have been called to be. We can build a strategy both from an external marketing perspective and an internal healing perspective to show up as the visionary leader we're working to embody. So throughout this thought leadership clarity course, I will be sharing the practices, exercises, and questions that I have supported hundreds of social impact entrepreneurs and executives with to co-create and clarify their own thought leadership brand. And the exercises are also listed out in your accompanying guidebook for ease. So in episode two, we're going to cover how to go deep and mine your vision, passion, lived experience, and credibility to clarify and inform your foundational brand message. In episode three, we'll craft your origin story, one of your most powerful tools to attract the right people and build trust as you shape your shared vision for the future together. In episode four, we'll clarify your niche or who you stand for that you can clearly support them through audience-specific language that calls them in. In episode five, we'll explore how you uniquely show up in the world and how you put your values into action. What is it about you and your message that is so recognizable that people would still know it's you even without your name or picture? In episode six, I'll share how to translate your personal brand message onto LinkedIn So that people see your profile as a resource and not just a resume, which will turn your profile into a hub of opportunities. In episode seven, you'll learn how to strategically build your campfire circle or personal board of directors, because this work is not meant to do alone. It is always done in community. And finally, in episode eight, we'll explore the village, meaning you'll look around to see who has emerged that you can partner and collaborate with to bring even more of the right people into your world. But let's start here as our first stop in this slow study and talk about why we are the ones we've been waiting for. Because otherwise, as you shape your brand story or get crystal clear on the specific audience you stand for, or really do anything throughout this work, There will be a deep block, a constriction, an internal voice that stops us. And I'll be honest with you, that voice will never completely go away. And that is okay. Our inner chaperone does serve a purpose after all, but we can build a relationship with that inner chaperone so that they're not in conflict with this work, but instead they become a member of the team. So I have worked with some of the most well-respected social impact leaders in the country. Nonprofit founders, board chairs, highly earning mission-driven entrepreneurs. I have served as an executive director myself and raised millions of dollars thanks in part to this visibility work. And I say all that because I want you to know that it is completely normal and natural at any level or background to struggle with feeling confident in your voice and sharing your perspective. To wonder if you have a unique enough or smart enough opinion that doesn't just simply add to the noise. Or to not be sure if you know enough to show up as an expert or a go-to voice, which of course makes it really hard to position yourself as one in your niche. Or to be afraid to hit post on LinkedIn or show up in other ways because of potential rejection, or criticism, or feeling like your content has to be perfect or your audience will realize you're a quote unquote fraud. And of course I could keep going because these thoughts aren't just in your head. So if any of these feel familiar, you are in great company. I too am a fellow survivor of these social constructs that we live in because these doubts, right? These voices arise not from anything wrong with us, but from the historical and cultural contexts that are designed to make us feel this way in the first place. So as we grow up, as we go to school, as we take on our first jobs, it's still pretty rare that we see ourselves fully reflected back in our professors, our board members, our leadership, our executive C-suite, our funders, our sponsors, and our institutions as a whole. And that is enough to start to feel like an imposter or at the very least, not sure of our fit and our future there. But I want to really ask you, how can we be the fraud if we intentionally, systematically, and sometimes violently have been excluded from this rarefied air for generations? That of course will result in feeling like we don't belong or that we aren't expert enough or that our opinions don't count or matter. So these barriers around being perfect enough Knowledgeable enough, right? They are the normal and natural effects of marginalization, of oppression. And here's the thing the people that we care about most and that we are called to serve through our work, through our businesses, our ideal audience, if you will, they would never think those thoughts about us because we actually do have the insights and the ideas that they are craving that can support them. And that is who this work is for, right? Because over time, as we develop our thought leadership messaging and build our visibility, we will slowly transform the institutions that have systematically made us and people like us underrecognized in the first place. And that is the real potential and ultimate end outcome of our thought leadership work. Not about likes. It's not about engagement. It's about actionable, real systems-level change. So how does that work? Well, you are all about working at the heart of a specific and deeper problem that you are driven to transform. You're passionate about the people you stand for, and more than likely, you have some level of lived experience related to this problem too, right? Maybe you've lived through the problem that you now solve for, whether that is overwhelm, disorganization, invisibility, scarcity, right? The list goes on. You may be saying, wait a second, I'm not doing all that. I just help people implement systems in their business. Yes, you solve for disorganization and overwhelm. Or, hey, wait, I'm just a communication coach for EDs. Yeah, you solve for invisibility and maybe scarcity too. Like you solve a much deeper and bigger problem than you may currently give yourself credit for. And throughout this course, I will be asking you specific pointed questions and leading you through actionable exercises to really dig deep and pull out your foundational thought leadership brand. And when you're ready, you can use your copy of the accompanying guidebook to scribble, to dream, to brain dump, whatever comes up for each question. Again, I'm just here as a guide. You are actually the one with the answers inside of you waiting to emerge. So, what is the problem you solve for? And once you've called that to mind, can you go one level deeper? What is the big root problem you solve for? Not just the way it may show up on a surface level, right? And this is important to hone in on because your work chips away at that big societal problem, right? If you've been focusing on the features and benefits of your offer, can you instead focus on the bigger problem that you solve and the end outcome that is possible for your people, not just for your current clients, but for the people out there who can become inspired by your words and rely on them to make a change in their lives, to move from pre-contemplation into action. But it's so hard to show up. I know. And it's because we haven't always been invited to the table or made to feel like we belong if we do make it there. And again, that's not a mistake. It's not a coincidence that the people committed to social change, to disrupting inequitable systems, to imagining a new way of doing things that we so often are overlooked and underrecognized. Because if the people like you, who can uniquely disrupt the ways that things have always been done in your field, if you continue to second-guess yourself and your own expertise, that would keep you from fully publicly and loudly building the strongest solutions to reimagine the future together for the better. And the powers that be, who design the systems we live in now, don't necessarily want that to happen. So again, it's not our fault that getting visible and showing up in our expertise is anxiety provoking or scary or feels impossible because that is a natural response to the ways our society has been organized. Here's another moment for reflection. Who benefits from your silence, your invisibility, your best kept secretness? Who or what will continue to fester and grow stronger if you and people like you don't share your opinions and expertise? And if we flip that on its head, who could benefit from you sharing your opinions, thoughts and expertise? Who could change their life as a result of hearing what you have learned through your blood, your sweat, your tears, yourself? Because when you share your perspective, the people who benefit from the ways that things have always been done are slightly knocked off their invisible pedestal. It nudges your niche and your community towards a more just future because they are nurtured into a new way of seeing things and doing things that was previously unattainable or invisible to them. And hear me, this work is not about being a savior or a martyr, because you become one voice in a mosaic of the community that you are building. You sharing your best, brave thinking helps others begin to do the same. And if you're thinking, Tanya, let's get real here. What is me putting myself out there really going to do? Like This problem is so big, right? Addiction is so big. Homelessness is so big. The racial wealth gap in entrepreneurship is so big. Well, Adrian Marie Brown says, patterns emerge wherever two or more social change agents are gathered. And this may be the most important element to understand, that what we practice at the small scale sets the patterns for the whole system. So thought leadership work is done in fractals. Us courageously sharing the wisdom contained in our lived experience is the strongest, most actionable tool towards large-scale change that any of us individually have. Even if in the beginning we are sharing our thoughts with just one person. Even if one person is showing up in our LinkedIn comments saying, wow, I really felt that. Thank you. You know? Because our authentic lived experiences reveal the things we have been socialized not to share. Shame urgency, fear, loneliness, scarcity, people-pleasing, the things that we and our potential clients struggle with, right? These big, deep problems, you know, and that has always been the strategy to struggle with these things all by ourselves in isolation, thinking we're the only ones. Because as we share our stories and realize that they are more alike than different, we move closer towards the just future that we are working towards together. We can link arms with the people who are finding us through our visibility, knowing that we're on the same team, facing forward towards a clear and unified vision. So yes, us beginning to show up differently, embodying our values and living them out loud, sharing our truths and insights on LinkedIn and beyond, and building a community around that, that does move the needle in a big way over time. And we've got time. In most cases, there's no technical danger, right? That comes from sharing your wisdom as a coach, a consultant, a service provider, a social impact leader on LinkedIn. And yet there's still that very real block, which can show up in a variety of ways. Maybe it's a bodily response of butterflies in your stomach or heat on your face and chest when you get ready to post anything enough so that you don't share anything or you hit delete right away if enough people don't engage. Maybe there's specific voices that you hear that are trying to keep you in your quote-unquote place where it's safe. And in the past, I've referred to this voice as an inner critic, but when I really stop to think about the role that this voice plays for us, this voice is not critical to be mean or harmful or cruel to us. It's actually a protective voice. Its whole job is to keep us safe. It has emerged as a natural protective response to the harmful and traumatic systems that we live in. And it acts as a chaperone that cares for our well-being and is just trying to care for us in the only way it knows how. And so these responses that we have to getting visible, to sharing our opinion, to showing up with our voice, right? They may be related to things that happened in our lifetime, like being the first or only in a boardroom or growing up with a family that didn't know how to support us in the ways that we may have needed at the time, or it could be a direct response to what our family lineage has gone through. And while, you know, getting visible or shooting our shot or, you know, doing any of these visibility activities may not immediately seem related to the traumatic experiences that our ancestors have lived through maybe even hundreds of years ago, It really is all connected because we are all connected, and these feelings we have are real and valid. And we can enter a new depth of self expression and joy as we get to know and really acknowledge those feelings, those voices, those parts, and really our inner chaperone, right? Anytime you hear those voices, those warnings, when something is attempting to pull you back from taking a brave or big step related to your visibility, this next piece is an exercise you can pull out and do time and time again, because we are not trying to get rid of this voice. As change agents, right, as social impact leaders, we are so accustomed to helping our clients and community members go through a change, right? That's what we're here for. But that's not necessarily what we wanna do with our inner chaperone. We actually instead just wanna make sure that they are heard that they're understood, and just to witness them, right? Just to be with them and just to write a letter to them and be in relationship with them. So in your guidebook, there's a space to write a note to your inner chaperone. Again, that protective part of yourself that just wants to keep you safe and protect you from big risks like showing up on LinkedIn, right? Showing up as a thought leader or go-to voice in your space. And so this activity can help us create a relationship with this part of ourself to begin an ongoing lifelong dialogue and partnership with it. What are they worried about? What do they say when it becomes time to get visible? And how does what they say actually care for you? How is it an expression of protection and care? And what would your mentors, like your first beloved boss or an always encouraging family member? Lovingly say to them if you could call them into the room, right? How can you appreciate this part of yourself and thank them for keeping you safe? How can you honor their wisdom? And how can you lovingly let them know why this is your time to show up and shine? Like, why now? Why is it important now for you to show up and get visible? And if this feels weird, good. Engage with the weirdness, right? Like be in the mystery, like dance in the process, because now is the time. Because as Alice Walker and June Jordan before her said, we are the ones we've been waiting for. So I will see you in episode two as you continue this journey and mine your vision, your passion, your lived experience, and your credibility so that you can use it as fuel for your thought leadership. I've got a closing thought for you. Can you lean into play and wonder here, knowing that whatever you write in your guidebook is just for you? After all, this is a slow study, a deep dive. New answers will emerge. Don't rush the process. You have time. No two guidebooks will look the same. And that is the beautiful thing about this work. You can't get this wrong. I'm so grateful to be part of this messy and magnificent work in progress with you.